Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star review and we are here with Craig and Petey. It feels like it's been a while since we've been all together in this studio, but I'm happy to be sitting in and, these and chairs. And also, one thing about playoffs, and you said happy Monday, and I go, oh, it's Monday. Like, you forget what day it is when the hockey playoffs are on because it's just not so game happy day in Boston or game day or game day game. So it's Monday. I, didn't, yeah. I was not aware it was Monday. What today. a weekend of playoffs. Whole Lee Moly, <laughs> like yeah. we, I tweeted this, like we are not worthy. And as three people who have no real vested interest in what happens, the Coyotes are out of the playoffs. We only care about next Monday and the following Tuesday. That's our playoffs. It's fun to see chaos. Um, our brackets are destroyed. Busted. We will get to that tomorrow. But um, wow, what a weekend! Yeah, God, I mean, we got to start with Boston and yep. Florida. Let's we, talk we gotta about start Boston. There. I just. <laughs> I listen. Things always come out after a series is over. We learned that Patrice Bergeron was playing with a herniated disc. Surprise! He plays with an injury in every playoffs. It's crazy. But to me, this is a shame. This is a shame. You guys know how I feel about Patrice Bergeron. I think he's been one of the the best players in the league for more than a decade. Comported himself with such class. Great leader. I really thought this was his best chance to get that second one and really cement his legacy. If you watched the end of that game the way he was hugging everyone hugging everyone it sure felt like the end saluting the fans it sure felt like the end for Patrice Bergeron who will be 38 this summer is dealing with a back injury now man this is a tough one to watch for Boston 135 points the most in NHL history and they get bounced in the first round by a wild card but this is who let's go back to game one this is who I thought Boston would be this season They'd be a team that we said it in a preview show that we're going to be a team that's on their way down. The window is closing. They've got some veteran guys. Bergeron going to play, not play. This is where they're going to be, right? We talked about Swayman and Allmark as being a goaltending tandem. Who's going to take the lead? And then this season happened. And they were unbelievable. Like watching them play during the regular season was like no other team, clearly, in the the history of the league. Best ever. Regular season. (laughs) And then you go, is there a point? Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, HK. Like, there is one thing about the NHL. You win the Stanley Cup. That's it. There's no trophy. Well, actually, there is a trophy. It's the President's Trophy. But (laughs) it's cursed. It doesn't matter. So all of the things that they accomplished over 1 through 82 doesn't matter anymore. When you wake up Monday morning, it doesn't matter. And it's crazy how much the narrative turns on one play, right? They had a lead with 101 to go in that game. 
Jeremy Swayman gives up, in my opinion, his second bad goal of the yeah. game. They go to overtime and they lose. If they hold on for that last minute, it's over. we've seen crazy stuff in the first sure. round. It's it's not a big deal that a team went seven games if they win. It happens all the time. Yes. And they're moving on and maybe they pick up some steam. Yes. So it's it's that close to well, feeling such a, a fine different line. way. Yes. It's such a fine line. And, and we could talk about some of their decisions and we'll talk about their goaltending mm-hmm. for sure. But Florida's ability to not give up and continue to play, you have to really look at what their leadership group did to, to Kachuk. What what he did and Verhage and what these guys did to stay in a game when they could easily have gone, we're out of this. This is Boston. Like, let's just quit. Yeah. And they just didn't. And it, the matchup, you know, it's this is another argument that they go to the one to eight. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. This was one to eight. Yep. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Huh. Wow. something. Well, there was a 43-point gap between Florida and Boston. Yeah. It's not the largest. It's it's not, but that's insane. insane. It's insane. And we, we sat here on the Eastern Playoff Preview Show looking at the stats of lower seeds in the first round. And statistics, it was around 40%, I believe, like of of team bottom teams that won. But if you looked at the bottom teams across this playoffs, like none of it. And I even remember sitting here and thinking, I want to pick Florida just to be crazy but i couldn't because how could i possibly pick against boston but you look at the history of of teams that do this and we actually have a chart um of teams that have historically had the most points and the most wins in a season so best nhl regular season records ever obviously boston number one 65 12 and 5 lost in the first round um detroit 1996 is the second place lost in the conference final Tampa 2019. We all remember them getting swept by Columbus in the first round after winning 62 games. Um, And then you go to that, you know, the the Canadians in the seventies, they won the Stanley cup. But then, I mean, these top 13, the last team, the most recent team to win the cup after having a great season was Colorado last season with 56, 19 and seven, they won the Stanley cup. But, you look at this, it's not you winning the regular season or having the best season ever is not a guarantee. It's no. about 50-50 here of who won the final and who didn't. I just thought it was some interesting stats. Yeah, but what is it? Stats. Is it, is it psychologically, oh, it's a, it's a let up? It's, it's, they were chasing the record, so they played better to chase the record. Would I, they have been better off not getting the record and just playing regular hockey? I really wonder about that. Yeah. You're, you're so focused on... Yeah, and it's it, it may not have just been, oh, we're exhausted. There might have been some fatigue. There's always fatigue at the end of an NHL season. But mentally, we got it. <sighs> yeah. Just relax a little bit. And then you got to dial it back up to that level again immediately, and maybe they weren't able to do that. There's going to be all sorts of speculation about yes. what happened to the Bruins in this series. I want to point out one thing, though. This idea that, oh, my God, they lost to a wild card team that had to struggle and get in. I want to... I want people to remember something about the Florida Panthers. They won the president's trophy last season. This is a very good team. They had some changes on this roster. They had to incorporate and they had to figure it out. By the end of the season, that team was playing really good hockey. And to focus on one player in particular, Matthew Kachuk has become a beast in this game. I think he is a top 10 player in the NHL right now. And he had an MVP caliber season. He was a force in this series yeah so there's two things one what is he going to be able to do against toronto and this is a different series now it's boston is balanced they are very deep up front their defense are incredibly active and they had the vesna winning 
goalie on the back end. Hmm. Those are things Toronto don't doesn't have. That's not Toronto's mix of a team. So we're going to get into our predictions tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see what kind of a factor Kachuk can have in this series. You like the matchup, though, right? For Toronto, I do. Yeah, I do. But we'll talk about that tomorrow, okay. the matchup. But I, I bet Kachuk's, can Kachuk play the same role he did in the Boston series and the Toronto series? And I think he can. Toronto's defense is different. And I think their makeup of the defense is a little different. And the last thing I do want to say, and I, I know everybody's going to address it, is what the... Were they doing with their goaltending? Yeah, local? we need. If to you're going to go to Swayman, do it game three. Do it game four. Do you even do it game six when there's less pressure? Then oh, seven? you gotta win this at home. Game seven. And yeah. if you think he was the sharpest goalie of the Boston Bruins that game, he hey he made some unbelievable saves. Makes the breakaway in overtime. You gotta make one those in saves, overtime. Though, right? You have to make those big but saves. There's two yes. squeakers. I agree. I agree. Come Including on. the one that tied the so game. Whose decision is that to go to Swayman on game seven? I think it's when's the last he played. I think it's nuts. That was and it, wild. Listen, there's speculation that Linus Allmark was injured. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet, and we've heard other Bruins injuries, so um, I'm wondering about that. Was he gassed? I'm sorry. You go with the guy that got Good you there. Lord. The guy that's going to win the Vezina Trophy. That's poor management. Plays right? in game I couldn't believe, that. Terrible management. Decision. I couldn't believe it. If you want to make the change to Swayman, do it earlier. Yeah. Do it game three or four or five. Just do it earlier. Give him an opportunity to play because then, guess what? You can get, can't go back to Allmark in game eight, can you? Because you're golfing. So go to Swayman mm. so you have the opportunity to go back to Allmark again. You, you, you don't pull that card on game seven. I, I, I would really have liked to have been a fly wall in that room, the meeting with Montgomery, the goalie coach, on that decision. Because I don't understand it. When I saw he was playing, the only thing I could say is if there is fatigue, he was hurt, he wasn't 100%, he was sick. Okay, then you have no choice. You go with the guy that Swayman, you're confident as a backup. But you don't pull that card as, hey, he's pulling out game seven for us. Come on. It's not fair for Swayman. Clearly not fair for your teammates. Because after that first one goes in, uh, did you see the team? Yeah. It was uh, a bad goal. It was a bad goal. A and, bad goal, man. And, and, I, and like I said, the game time goal was a bad goal, too. Like it, And... Uh, yeah, I'm, I literally I'm baffled by I that gasped. decision. I gasped in the final minute. I, I saw there was a minute 35 left. I, I hadn't been watching. I was like tuning in and out and I turned it on. I was like, oh, let's just watch the final minute play out. I was like, I screamed. I yelled. So <laughs> it was insane. Put out your tinfoil hat that this was the plan of the league. Because if, <laughs> if anybody has the ability to go back to the TNT broadcast before the puck is dropped, 10 seconds before the goal goes in. Off of their bug, that where the scoreboard is, it says Florida goal. I saw that. It came off of, right when they dropped the puck, it said Florida goal. And I go, what? Yes. And the play went on, and I go, oh, they just made a graphic mistake, and then they scored. And I said, hmm, I wonder that if Bettman made the call. That was bizarre. And say, Florida, we're giving Florida a goal here. And then they scored. So I went back and I watched it again because I wanted to make sure that's I, what I, I saw. I noticed that, too. That was bizarre. That was Weird. Tinfoil hat. It's all staged, just like WWE. <laughs> <laughs> just like the Coyotes uh, will win sorry, the draft lottery next week. A um, couple things. One, we got to shout out Brandon Montour for a monster game and also a monster season. Um, as someone, as three people who live and work in a market that doesn't get a lot of yeah. national recognition, yeah. Florida's similar. Um, got to give Montour. His He's been flowers. unreal. He's been he's been a difference of this team for the entire season, and he's one player that jumps out at you from the back end. You look at his numbers as a defenseman. You're like, I, I when you just see his numbers, oh, he's got to be a, he's got to be a winger with the numbers he's putting yeah. up. Yeah, no, he, he's on the back end. Elite speed, reads the play incredibly well, and he's going to be one to watch in this series. And a lot of people wondered, okay, how will they? You know, losing 
Huberto was one thing. They're getting Matthew Kachuk, but losing Mackenzie Weger, how would the how would their back end yeah. absorb that well? And that was the answer. Yeah. So before this playoff started, Craig asserted that he does not believe in the president's trophy curse. However, I would like to re bring up this argument because the Boston Bruins are now the seventh president's trophy winning team to lose in the first round of the playoffs since 2000. And the last team to win the Stanley cup and the president's trophy was the Chicago Blackhawks in 2012, 2013, 10 years ago. Everybody else, best Blackhawk team of that. Everybody else has lost. Everybody else is the president's trophy curse real. But what you have to look at is what what is the winning percentage by seeds? So if you just focus on, oh, they didn't win, they won the President's Trophy, you can reach that conclusion. But if you start looking how each seed does, you see diminishing percentages. Yeah, the top of, teams win. Yeah, the top teams still win. Yeah, so, I agree with that. I, I, I do think, though— It's pressure, though. This one is different, though. Yeah, I agree with this one. Because of the gap. So is this—so here's my question. Is this the biggest collapse in NHL— in in modern, let's say modern, because I and I I was asked this yesterday, and the answer immediately would have been yes, just because it's so fresh. When we sit back and look over history, it's going to be no. I don't think it will be because it was seven games and it was overtime. I think even you go to the Tampa Bay getting swept in four by Columbus and yeah. those kind of collapses comes to my mind. Are, are, are going to be different because that was a team that was poised to win the cup the following year. So you knew they were close to ready. This one is just so surprising because they set the record. It's Columbus. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. What what other playoffs? Yeah, they series set the record to a team that was the President's Trophy winning team a year ago. Columbus doesn't win playoff series yeah. ever. So it's a little different to <laughs> me. Nuts. And I think if I'm a Bruins fan, I don't know what the hell I'm doing today. I'm, uh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm staying home. I'm I know sick. that. I'm but sick. My bracket yeah. had them winning probably the Stanley Cup. Probably are sick. Mine too. Probably are sick if you're a Bruins fan yeah. today. Whether had them win the Stanley Cup. Too much drinking or just <laughs> nauseous. Sadness. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel like I like it's obviously all about the playoffs. I would be apprehensive. Like, let's just say, let's have a wheel of fantasy moment. In 10 years, the Coyotes win the President's Trophy. <laughs> they have a record-setting season. It would be so fun for us. For us three, our post-game shows yeah. would be electric. But I would have some apprehension. Like we, And I even want to mention the Phoenix Suns. Last season, they set a franchise record. They won 64 games. They were 64 and 18. They lost in the second round and had a, just a disappointing end to a historic regular season. I don't care. Like... You need to make the playoffs. It helps to have home, ice, court, whatever advantage. It helps. Not this postseason. The road teams are freaking yeah. dominating. But generally, so, I don't know. I'd rather, and, and it's funny because I thought Boston would break the mold. We looked at Tampa. You can argue they didn't have the experience. And then we saw what they bounced back from that and what they accomplished. But Boston, we said they had the veteran leadership. They've like This core has won a Stanley Cup before. I didn't see it going this way because... <sighs> But there's other teams that I thought, oh, they couldn't live up to the pressure, but not Boston. So yeah. that's, oh, it's just. They had everything. They didn't play meaningful games the last 10. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Florida and did. Florida did. Yeah. Florida had a scratch and claw to get in. You're playing meaningful games. You look at the teams that were bettered on the stretch, but guess what? Boston was nine and one to close it out. We'll get to that in a minute because uh, Colorado. Colorado Avalanche was hot down the stretch. Yeah, it, it's, it's too yeah, bad. And we'll I, would like, I would like to see it. Yeah, this is where coaching becomes so important to me. And coaching in the playoffs is what makes and separates the good coaches from the bad coaches. Games 1 through 82, there's so many factors. Backup goalies, guys are hurt, travel schedule. It's playing the same team seven times and finding a way to win. 
and what is it that we can do better against this team to beat that team and yeah. that's where coaching sometimes you're just outmanned and you can't win the team's just better that happens this one to me boston on paper if you don't think they're as good as florida well you're just wrong because they are they're deep i know bergeron's hurt but pavelski's hurt they win you've got to find a way and i'm wondering what was said in that coaching room i put so much pressure on the coaching room here one what were they saying between games one and between leading up to games one and two to get this team over the hump and get them started i could they have been harder looking back? Do you need to drive this team harder? Do you need to motivate them differently? Because I don't think they had an answer for Florida. I just don't. It wasn't like Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky what is specifically? good. I'm curious about that tactically because you hear about this all the time in the playoffs, how some coaches are great in the regular season, but when it comes down to that because it can't, head-to-head matchup, tactically like Joel Quimbo was considered a great yes. bench coach Be- while Bruce Boudreaux was not. What did because you, you know see what? in this series? And I'm not calling guys out. Uh, uh, we'll talk Boudreaux. Because you know what Boudreaux's answer would be? And uh, watch the bench interviews now. Play harder. The guys need to have more effort. They need to play harder. No. Well, we need to chip it through the neutral zone because that one, two, two, we can't beat it. We got to chip it up same side, get it in deep, and go attack it. Otherwise, we got to hinge it and go out the weak side. We're having a problem through the neutral zone. You need to have answers. Even if those answers aren't right, you need to have answers so that your team can believe in them mm. and your team can have that in their head as they're playing. Because what happened, you saw it in the Rangers series. Rangers couldn't get through the neutral zone for two games against the Devils. Yeah. So all in my mind, if I'm coaching that team, is we got to get through the neutral zone. That's our focus in practice. It's our focus in the game. And here's how technically we are going to do that. And if you can't do that, players start looking at each other. If the coach just says, you got to play harder, you got to play harder. We're, f- we're playing hard. <laughs> it's the playoffs. Right. Give us something tactically that we can grab onto. Hey, we're not getting the puck to the middle of the ice. So what we're going to do, we're going to hard rim in the offensive zone to the weak side D and we're going to deliver pucks to the net. Okay. That beats that beats a collapsing defensive system that's really tight. Give me something. And even if it doesn't work, we've tried it. And you know what's in our player's head now when we go to the offensive zone? I'm going to get to the weak side and I'm driving the net. I'm going to get to the weak side and I'm driving the net. It gives them something to think about versus just play harder. Play harder means you're chasing the puck. When you chase the puck, you make mistakes and you leave up openings in behind you. That's what concerned me about Boston. I never saw them tactically dominate this Florida team. It's it was they were even games. This was it was a back and forth even game. They were just weren't able to capitalize on opportunities, and they never felt like they were in control. If you could mm. beat by goalie, you could beat by goalie. Yeah, I didn't feel that. In no, series. Th- that didn't happen in this series. Okay, sorry. Well, no, it's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and R.I.P. to my futures bets. Two of them died <laughs> on the same day. I had five dollars on Boston. I had five dollars on Colorado. R.I. Yeah. But uh, luckily, there's lots of promotions always on BetMGM, which is great for me because I need to redeem myself. I know, a I better get back at it. Because you know the answer when you lose those bets, you got to bet more. Oh, of course. Well, Can't now get I have, back to, unless now you bet I have more. to pick my new winners. So I, I might put some futures bets <sighs> down. Um, and that's why I, I use like BetMGM. They have a lot of great stuff on there, especially with round two starting tomorrow. Make sure you, you get your bets in. Make sure you get your bets in for tonight's Rangers Devils game. We have been blessed by multiple games that in the Jeez. first round it's been More. electric um and we uh we love bet mgm we have a 
another PHNX Suns away playoff watch party tonight um, presented by Neutral. There's happy hour pricing, $6 Rally the Valley margaritas. The food is amazing. And we're excited to kick off Knockout Nights Cornhole League at BetMGM the first Friday of every month. It's going to be a blast. So check out BetMGM in person. Check out the app. And if you haven't signed up yet, use the bonus code PHNX. And there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for the Arizona audience, you'll get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now it's time. Listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. And listen, I know BetMGM, it's it's in Glendale, so stop at a Circle K, fill up your gla- your gas. Yep. There's go 40 inside. along the way. Yeah, there's a, a yeah, thousand. There. Um, stock up on gas, go grab yourself some chips. You know what I've really been craving is the um, salt and pepper kettle cooked chips. We don't have them on our in-office snack cart. You know what I've been craving? What? A sleeve of donuts, as Sean DeBoss put <laughs> sleeve of yes. donuts. I need to sleep. Oh donuts. man! Well, we love our friends at Circle K, so make sure you go and check out all this great stuff, and uh, make sure you're not missing out. Head to CircleK.com/store-locator to find Circle K's near you. I promise you, there are a lot of them near you. You might just not know it. Um, all right. Well, moving on to the second upset of Sunday, the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions are not only out, but they are eliminated by second year in existence Seattle Kraken, (laughs) who now hold the record as the second team in history to score the first goal of seven games in a playoff series. (laughs) They've been around for two years, and they now hold this record, um, and they are now the second expansion team in the last 10 years to win their first playoff series. This is how you do expansion, folks. I know a lot of people were pissed off that Vegas had instant success. Guess what? When you invest a billion dollars to start up a team, the league should probably find a way to let you have some success. There's nothing wrong with that. It ignites a market. We saw what it did in Vegas. You cement your place in the market if you have success instead of waiting, you know, however many years like the Caps or Islanders or a number of other teams that came into the league. This is the way you do success. This is a really cool story. I am loving this. On the flip side, I don't see this as the same sort of magnitude of up- upset. I know the Avs are the defending cup champs, but they were so decimated. They were, yeah, it was just ridiculous. They had so little depth left in this lineup. This, this didn't surprise me. No. Yeah, it, it, when I looked at the Colorado Avalanche team, there was a concern level this entire season because everybody kept saying, we listened to the Dion VR show, well, they're going to get healthy and they're going to get better. They're going to get healthy and they're well, going to get better. We thought Landis going was to coming help. back. Yeah. Landis is going to play in the playoffs all season. Landis is going to come back. McCarr has been in a lineup, but wait for the playoffs. It doesn't work like that. Kucherov was able to flip the switch one time on a team that he just plugged and played into. Flip the switch. Yeah. <laughs> just like Patrick Kane. <laughs> Tim had to back on. But this team wasn't that. No. They, this team became a one-trick pony. And the one trick was Nathan McKinnon. Then wow, you look past Miko Rantanen, for sure. We know how great of a player Miko Rantanen is, but this was Nathan McKinnon. Yep. Like he was absolutely elite. But guess what? They didn't have the pieces 
4 through 12 up front that they had a year ago that helped them get through. And the back end wasn't as dominating offensively as they needed them to be. And that includes Byram and Gerard and McCarr and Taves. They weren't what they were supposed to be. And I don't know if it was their expectations that we are the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions. It's eventually going to happen. Seattle was good the first few games, but we're eventually going to. We're Colorado. We're going to win because we're Colorado. Similar to Boston, but... They didn't have the weapons that Boston did. They weren't as deep as Boston. Colorado, I tell you what, Seattle was deeper, faster. They were on pucks quicker than Colorado. They were the better team. Now we're, you know, bounces and ref calls. It happened in every series. Like, Yeah, I know. I get so tired what of it hearing is, that. Right? Oh, the ref's job does. Yeah, like said, every losing team ever, whatever. And and there, listen, there have been some instances in this postseason in particular where there have been some bad calls, but... You, you can't focus on those. You got to rise above those. Good teams rise above those. Yeah, because you look at you look at look at Seattle. Their best best player, Jared McCann, led the team in scoring out of the playoffs. Yep. Well, we'll see. I don't. I won't say out of the playoffs. That's not fair. But he's out of that <laughs> series, yeah. so they just had somebody else do it. You don't know who it is. Bjorkstrand. Yeah. yeah. You don't know who because this. Yeah. You go who? Who? Who are these guys? I don't even know who they yeah. are. But I tell you what. We saw it in game one. They smothered the avalanche. There was no room to move. They forechecked hard. They created turnovers. They went to the net. They created turnovers. They threw it back to the point and threw it at the net. It was just easy, simple hockey over and in. Get it in the defensive zone, off the glass and out. There was nothing fancy about the way Seattle played, but they played hard and there was no response. Curious to see what I think about the series tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk Dallas. about that. How I don't think it's going to happen, but can you imagine... A Western Conference final <laughs> with the Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle. That Kraken. would be actually an amazing story. I would, would hate be it because I hate Vegas and I don't want to see them succeed. But uh, alas, and Karen makes a good point in the chat. Not just her, but probably tired too. I mean, yeah, Seattle. They've only been around for a year. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, Colorado went as far as you could last season. So you, yeah, you but have to imagine with that team though. It's it's a team. And, and I think it really showed. We talked about Colorado. You look at Miko Rantanen had seven goals, McKinnon three, Lekkinen three. Go to Seattle, nobody had more than two. And it spread hmm. throughout the entire roster. Yeah. And it really was who's up next, who's next, who's going to be the guy tonight. It was a complete team effort. When you're playing against a complete team that's believing in themselves as a team, they are incredibly dangerous and Grubauer playing in front of the, the ball faithful. Game. The revenge game. He 100% was the revenge for game. For sure. And that, he was good. And that made the difference for that team. It wasn't Colorado's goaltending that was the problem, is they weren't deep enough. They didn't have the secondary scoring, and they were hurt, and they never got healthy. Now, could they come back with Landeskog a year from now, and McCarr gets over his head issues and upper body issues 100%. that he had this season? If Absolutely. they came back next season and made a run to the Absolutely. Stanley Cup final, I would believe that. If they were a healthy team, game one through 82, this is still the best team in the Western Conference. But they yeah. didn't win. But and, and you talk about injuries, too. Like you mentioned Jared McCann, Andre Burkowski, too, who the Avalanche sorely missed. He missed. He's missed a ton of time. So yeah. Seattle overcame injuries. Yeah. And you, so you, did you Dallas. Still I do talked it. about yeah, Burkowski. Yeah, yeah. They're still out. I don't Everybody's dim- got injuries I don't now. want to diminish what, what what happened here. No, no, no. You can still overcome Seattle that Seattle yeah. played great. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. They, they smothered it. a fast, fast team. And the only guy they couldn't contain consistently was McKinnon, and I know we talked about Randon's points. Yeah, take a number. But McKinnon drove the bus, Yeah. period. And sometimes he I wondered unreal. if he tried to do it a little too much. I wonder if he held on to the puck a little too long. I wonder if his mm. frustrations consumed him and he felt he had to do it all by himself. And he's a hard-driving leader, too, a 
by all accounts in, in the, in the, the room. So, yeah. Yeah. I, so, you could see that last night. So yeah. I wonder if that if that had something to do with it, that he tried to do it all himself. And sometimes that's just too much. You can't. Nope. You need to give it to your teammates. You need to have it. And that's why Seattle got through this, because they did it as a team. Mm. Anywho, Michael um, in the chat said, both of last year's Stanley Cup final teams are out first round two. That is true. Um, as we t- we didn't even mention Tampa. Toronto and Tampa. Hello. Good Lord, we haven't got to Toronto the yet. Leafs, the Leafs did it. And by the way, I forgot I was going to show. Uh, I saw, this was the best meme I saw on the internet all weekend. Uh, the passing of the baton, choking in the first yeah, round. Right. <laughs> 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 Toronto got the monkey off their back. They what passed this? it to Boston. And boy, howdy, Toronto is moving on. Tampa out, Colorado out. And now we get some parody. And Bucci Gross tweeted um, this list of teams that are remaining. Um, this is amazing. So the last Stanley Cups among the remaining playoff teams, Toronto in 67, Edmonton 1990, Rangers 94, Devils 99, uh, or sorry, Dallas 99, Devils 03, Carolina 06, Seattle and Vegas none. So somebody's going to win the Stanley Cup for the first time in almost 20 years. That's crazy. At the very least. This is what I love about the NHL. A jersey. Ray Whitney was on that Carolina yeah. team. The most this, recent This is winner. what I love about the NHL. I love, I mean, you, I mean, you look at the last decade or so, Chicago won multiple times, LA, Pittsburgh. There were a lot of repeats. We've gotten yeah. really lucky since 2018 that we haven't had any repeats. It's all been, uh, there's, there's been a lot of parody, which I've loved. Um, and uh, mm. I really want a Toronto Edmonton Stanley Cup final. I think it would be hilarious. But anywho, I'm very proud of Toronto for finally doing it. My Canadian friends and family were blowing up my phone. My friend was texting me that, and she lives in North North Toronto. She could hear honking. the The TTC was Sean was like, excited too. Was completely he loves the um, blocked. The buses were blocked. Anyway, it seemed like they won the Stanley Cup. You can which jump on anytime you want. Here's the concern, <laughs> Leah. And, and I agree. Nothing nice to say. I'm not trying to ruin Leah's vibe. But t- just but remember, Toronto, I brought you fuzzy peaches. Yeah, we did yeah, say yeah, Toronto yeah. was. I thought this was the year Toronto got over Tampa for all the reasons you, you mentioned them being Thank tired. You. We thought this was finally the year, and then they looked like they were going to collapse again. So we weren't too surprised. But you saw on Twitter. And Instagram, all of the people reacting. There's people sobbing in tears, families rejoicing, cities rejoicing. Like, this is a big freaking deal. It was the first round. First too. round. So now, like, like, imagine if, if like, Boston had mowed through Florida like we all thought. And, oh, oh okay, Toronto, go ahead. You so now, now, here's the problem. But now, now is it one of two things? Now is it a sense of relief that that pressure is off our backs and now we can just go play? And we are the better team. We are better than Florida and we're going to be okay. Or is it... They already have their party. Yeah. Now and now s- there's a letdown <laughs> that we built up so much tension over this. We've carried this on our backs for Kyle so long. Kyle Dubas in the, in we'll the box. We'll fill in that narrative later. And now they fall that down. So it is going to be interesting to see how this team responds because I still believe Toronto is the better team. But now, can yeah. they continue? By the way, speaking of an Edmonton Toronto final, like oh. TNT and ESPN are just praying for that, aren't they? Yes, Canada. We, oh. like, finally, we would finally yeah. have a Canadian champion. Yeah. It's been and 30 everybody years. Everybody will be watching baseball. 30 Here. years. Did I, did I, should I say that again? 30 years. How since beautiful Canadian would it be if the two-year-old Seattle franchise, the Seattle franchise that is just right right under the noses of Vancouver and, and oh my Washington God. Canada, yeah, wins uh, 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 <laughs> this year. Seattle-Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have just like, we, we talked about parody already, but a lot of these series have held serve. And no matter what happens in Rangers-Devils, you're not going to say, oh, that's a massive upset because no. it's 2-3. But most of the playoffs have held serve. But Losing the defending cup champ and losing the team with the most points in NHL history is like, I don't know, it's like a, a movie where 
early on the uh, two lead lead actors in the movie die. You're yeah. like, oh, everybody else is still there. But oh, wait, what? Yeah, it's crazy yeah, it, to have both of those. Does teams that change out. the interest in this in this playoff race for I, hockey not, fans? Not for me. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. I'm still all in. I'm loving this. Or does it make it more of a free for all? And there's more interest now because the two behemoths are out. I feel almost open. feel like it would be more interest because if I think about like I'm a passive basketball fan in the NBA, if if all like. I was cheering for the Sacramento Kings because I liked the underdog. Yeah. Golden State, they won a bajillion times, like HK. So yeah, it, yeah. I think there is interest, especially with Seattle. Like if you're a hockey fan and you're kind of looking for a team to call your own, yeah. why not cheer for the Seattle Kraken? Yeah. You don't, if you don't have an affiliation, if you don't live in a city with an NHL market, yeah. I would be all over the Seattle. I think that wagon. is going to be the bandwagon team. I think that's the Cinderella team because they How knocked out Colorado. That? Yeah. yeah. I think How it's going to be that? them. And then people start to hate them if they actually have some success. Oh, I so. very desperately need them to be the Dallas Stars. Do you remember how much people loved Vegas's run to the Cup oh, final my the first goodness. year? And now everyone, and now everyone hates Another them. most hated, hated team in the league. Yeah. yeah. Jack Eichel. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah, it, what was that for? Why did you have to say his name? <laughs> what? Just threw it out there. <laughs> Under her breath, Jack Eichel. Uh, that was so much. I want to see him fail. I was, that was a supportive uh, thing. I, okay, okay. Fair. I I I'm excited to see where this goes now. This, this, this playoff season, I've said it over and over and over again. I love March Madness. I think that first weekend of March Madness is unbelievable sports drama. First round of the NHL playoffs yep. is just different. Yep. It's different. It's, There's games everywhere. You never drive. know who the star is going to be. Who's going to so be good. that guy? Mm -hmm. Rupe Hintz. Well, he's become the guy. Kachuk's been the guy. Like, Lion was the guy for a couple games, and now it's not. By the so, way, did you say Biz, you hear Biz saying that Matthew Kachuk's the best American player in the playoffs? Yeah. Well, Wow, I Austin mean, Matthews about Austin to take Matthews that might disagree, but like other than that, yeah, we'll he's see. right there now. He has just elevated we'll himself so much in my eyes. What a player he has well, become! Uh, I, and I'm going to say this, looking right into the camera, I would, I think it's safe to say at this point that Matthew Kachuk is the best Kachuk in the history of the NHL. Wow, wow. Mike Subalt. We will be cutting that. He and won't mind that one it. at all. We'll text it to him. Yep. Wow. Um, <laughs> Mike dropped that. Well, I'm excited for tomorrow. We're going to preview the second round, go over our picks. Oh, might not be good for me in the East. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, but we will continue to cover the NHL playoffs here on PHNX Coyotes. And obviously, May it's May 1st. There's a couple major things <laughs> happening this month. We got the lottery a week from today. We have the vote. Um, two weeks from tomorrow so just a lot going on but we hope you support us um, by becoming a diehard at gophnx.com become a diehard grab a shirt from the locker pd's rocking the four peaks tee. Yep. i'm wearing the devin booker shirt you got the letters we got to support wow. the phoenix suns today uh, game two of the playoffs and always there's a lot of great stuff going on um, at phnx and if you're a diehard you get 20 percent off merchandise and events including we got our keeping it 100 golf tournament coming up presented by pins and aces and big drive energy that's on may 26th and like i mentioned earlier our knockout nights cornhole tournament at the bet mgm sportsbook so just a ton of great stuff coming up become a diehard check out phnx locker grab your membership to ex receive exclusive content discounts on all events and merch and access to our discord chats which um, there was a lot of great conversation over the weekend because yeah, yes. I, I, I appreciate the Coyotes Discord because they're not just Coyotes fans. It's a lot of hockey fans. Yeah. So there's been a lot of chatter recently, which I appreciate. Um, and after we finish up our show today, I'm really excited because we have you're finally here for food, PD. Spaghetti Shack. Spaghetti baby. Shack. <sighs>
Okay, great. <laughs> I didn't have, I've been seeing my stomach is growling right now. So I was literally <laughs> thinking of let's get the shoulders so I can eat. And now I've got Spaghetti Shack. I love Spaghetti Shack. I cannot wait. I always look forward to uh, us having them for the lunch. And it's just, it's just great food. And Spaghetti Shack, it's community focused. It's a to-go pasta concept. And it was started right here in Arizona in Tempe by five lifelong friends. So that's I just love that supporting. And it makes everybody business. happy, doesn't it? Pasta just makes pasta and bread. Yes. Come it on. solves everybody and here meatballs. at PHX. Yes. Yeah. It just solves your problems. The meatballs, yeah. The meatballs. meatballs are a really good. Who doesn't want a little spaghetti meatballs? So uh, they're currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek and hope to come to your neighborhood soon. So be sure to check out Spaghetti Shack. All right. Um, there is some coach drama, um, <laughs> one of which broke this morning. Uh, yeah. Daryl Sutter fired in Calgary. Daryl Bitterbeer face Sutter. The the situation, and it's funny that we just spent a lot of time talking about the Florida Panthers because, like, these two teams are very tied together. Mm. Um, again, we can't say who won the trade because it hasn't been long enough. But this year, I think Florida won the trade in terms of this year. Doesn't mean that. In the long term, Calgary won't thrive from this because now there's a, a complete change um, in the coaching staff and the front office. We already talked about tree living yeah. gone. So uh, what are you guys initial reactions? I, just, I mean, first, uh, on, on the note of the trade, I don't think there's any way for Calgary to win the trade. You had two players telling you they're not going to be there anymore. They did their best. Yeah. So he made Brad made something out of a really brutal situation. And part of that brutal situation is the reality of the market. In Calgary, guys don't want to play there. Sorry, it's true. But they're getting a new building. But they're getting a new building. So that could change something still. It, when you're picking places to live, you don't want to go to Calgary. Sorry, it's the truth. If you look at player polls, you'll find that out. But in this particular instance, I, I know a lot of people are going to be looking at this now and saying, well, what if Daryl Sutter had been fired earlier? Would Brad have stayed? I don't think so. I think it was time for Brad to move on. I think he wants a fresh start. I think he'll have offers if he gets them. One of those might be in Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see how all that plays out. But Don Maloney's news conference, and this will come <laughs> as no surprise to anyone who followed the Don Maloney years. He's terrific in front of a camera. Always was a great quote. Man, he was frank and he was on point today. And I, I think we have some of those clips, we right? We do. I, uh, I uh, debriefed Daryl for two and a half hours. And... Uh, it was, uh, it was, in my mind, very thorough, uh, trying to understand, uh, you know, his, his, you know, what, what he did, how he viewed things. Uh, we, hey, listen, Daryl is a very sharp man. He's got a good hockey mind. Um, I found that uh, I think in today's, again, today's world, um, he's a firm coach, a hard coach, a demanding coach. Uh, that there's a uh, there's a shelf life to that type, type of coaching. And uh, unfortunately for us, um, I, I think that, 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 uh, that his time, ex obviously I felt his time expired. That, that's the truth. That's the truth, what he just said there. There's a shelf life for a coach like Daryl Sutter. You might bring him in as a guy where you want to reestablish a hardworking culture for a couple of years. He did that you, last you year. You probably have to do it with a veteran group of guys, but he's going to wear thin and... All the reports we heard out of Calgary were that he had worn thin on the players. Don was asked a question today, a follow-up question to this. Did some of the players tell you they would not come back if Daryl Sutter was the coach? 
He deflected that answer. To me, that was a yes, hmm. but I'm not going to say it into the camera. There were players who did not want to play for Daryl Sutter, and that jives with everything that I've heard about what was going on up there. I don't know that it even meant, made sense to bring Daryl Sutter in the first place. Yeah, he got a little bit of a turnaround last year, but it sure was short in span, and they missed the playoffs this year. Obviously, they lost their two best players, so that had an impact on it, but... I just don't think he's the kind of guy who can coach in the NHL anymore. I don't know, Daryl, personally. I've heard stories that he's the reason they were able to pull through in L.A. It was He was a big part of Different what era. made that happen. That was 2012. Yeah. That's a long time ago. And, and the player has changed over the last decade. And the type of player and how you teach a player and how you motivate a player is different. And if you look at the coaches who are successful, and I mean win— they're not that. And when, when Daryl was doing that, when you go, if you go back to 2000, they're all like that. You don't think Jim Schoenfeld wasn't, he wasn't the nicest guy in the locker room either. He challenged players to fights, like physical fights in the locker room. Like these, it was a different era. You were in charge. You put down the hammer. The players said yes. And if they didn't say yes, they didn't play. Well, now if you push a player that hard, they call their agent. They call their mom and dad. And then they call the general manager. And if you don't think that there are parents calling GMs, you're wrong. These They are. <laughs> and agents are calling, too. And players have a voice, and they don't want to be pushed around anymore. They're the asset. They know it, and they want to be able to speak and be heard. The problem is, is when the player gets heard too much and when they think they're bigger than the team or bigger than the organization. And I think that's what a player or a coach like Daryl was able to do in Calgary is rein everything in, set a culture, and I think he accomplished that last year. We saw that. But it doesn't last forever. And I will go this far to say, I don't know if you'll ever see another coach in this league like that again. Hmm. I don't know if you'll see that hard driving. You can be tough. You can be firm. You can have it your way. But you also got to be able to pat a guy on the back yeah. and lift him up. And if you can't do that and you become more about you than it is about the team or the organization or the player, I don't think you can survive. Yeah, and I, I will say this about Daryl, who, you know, we, we know his reputation from covering the Kings. He was he was very curt in interviews while he was coaching the team. But every conversation that I've had with him for a story, he's been fantastic. He's, he's given me great information. Staff really liked I, him. I Craig. don't think it was ever about Daryl. I just think that this was the approach that he learned from his time in Western as a kid Canada. coming yep. up and what he learned from the players that he played with. It was a different era. Yes. This is this is what he learned, and that's what he knows. Yes. He did not evolve with the changing game. And, yeah. and I, I don't know if I, I call that a flaw. Maybe, maybe he didn't want to evolve. Maybe he just, you know, he was at the tail end of, of his coaching, and this is what worked for him, and he wanted to stick with it. But if you want to stay in the game, you do need to evolve and understand that there's a new type of player and a different way of motivating them, and that ain't it anymore. Yeah, and let's not forget, I mean, he won the Jack Adams last year. Yeah. He's won Stanley Cups. Like, he's had a successful coaching career. Um, I just, I agree with you guys that it just, it's, everything's evolved. Um, and Nicholas in the chat said, Bear seems to have the perfect mix of that old school mm. toughness, but the new school way of treating players as humans. And I think that was something that Shane Doan was on last week. He yeah. really um, complimented, yeah, complimented him on that. He, not only does he know today's player he knows each player individually because some players need a little bit of tough love some need a little bit more support i think that's like what a great leader does is know the individuals yeah. and and 
anyway, and, and not to, I mean, just to mention Coach Chorini because he does seem to have that reputation and this is a Coyotes podcast, but yeah, um, I mean, I'm not the in the room, coach, I'm not right? in the room, but from the things that I've heard, yeah. it seems like he perfectly fits the bill of how the NHL is trending. I think, Leo, you brought up a good point because here's what I'll say, and I don't want to make sure this point gets made about coaching. I don't think that that means you let the inmates run the asylum. And I don't want that point that the players run the show. I think right. the only way you can be successful if you hold players accountable, you are. There is no gray. It's black and white. We're going to do things the right way. We're doing it this way. This is how we're going to do it. But I'll listen to you. If you if you want to come in and talk to me about, hey, and when I here's what I'm talking about. We just played three and four and there's a practice day the next day and we're flying home and the captains and leaders come into the coach and go, you know what? We're really tired. We worked really hard. We really need a day off coach. And that coach can go, you know what? Give and take. I'll give you guys a day off. I agree with you, but you better become ready to work the next day. Now, that's a coach that listens. You can still set a hard line, but you listen and communicate. You don't go, F you guys. We're skating and we're going to work really hard and I'm going to piss you all off and make everybody angry. That's the difference. And I think you can still have players accountable. I think you can still have rules. I think you still have systems. But you also listen and you care and you bring and include the players into that discussion. You're still the law, but you're willing to be a human being as well. And it's a fine line for some of these coaches. And I don't know if he was able, Daryl was able to walk that with this Calgary group when you see that over and over again with Bear. Yeah. Just a further point in this, uh, Don Maloney, of course, is the president of hockey operations and the interim GM. He made it very clear that he's going to hire a GM and that GM will hire the coach. So that's how the process is and going that's to important. play out. Yes, I, it if is. you don't have that synergy to start, you're screwed. Yep. You hire the coach now and then the GM, that's going to be a mess. So yeah. you need that synergy. By the way, he's got great hair still, doesn't he? <laughs> Don, hasn't he? God, he looks good. Um, so we'll see what they do there with the coaches. And I'm going through these coaches. And, and one of the things now that with Daryl, they're, they're, the days of the coaches needing to be a former NHL player and a high-level NHL player, player is starting to fade. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's if that's necessary at the top of the resume anymore. That you've got to be a, a guy that's played or won. I, I don't know. There's so many guys that are excelling right now in this league that didn't play at that high of a level. Played. And understand the game, but maybe didn't have to yeah. be an NHL player. Right? Interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. I, and I, I don't have any problem with that. I, the, well, of course the not. The ex-player yeah. mentality that has pervaded this league for so long in, in management, too, I think is stupid. Yeah. Uh, prove to me that you can do the job. Just because you played the game yes. at the NHL level doesn't mean that you can coach or be a GM. No. Yeah. No, those, those are not the credentials not that sounds. I'm looking for. Yep. Um, all right. One more coaching drama last week we talked about well we've played rick bonus's comments oh, after boy. winnipeg was eliminated and now we're starting to see a little bit of the fallout um they pushback the, you might call it yes yeah, so blake wheeler um <laughs> went on the record and said this about bonus he said quote he could have been honest with us we could have had those discussions behind closed doors so i didn't agree with how he handled himself after that game i got a question for you because you know how bones operates in the room is Blake Wheeler really telling us that Rick Bonus wasn't honest with the guys before, that they didn't have these conversations from February on when he saw all these issues creeping in? Do you believe that? It's really surprising that that I'm not calling either one of these guys out because I don't know. I've worked with Rick Bonus. 
I would be extremely surprised if this was not addressed in the room at some point. He's a communicative guy. Extremely surprised. Yeah. Like you saw what he said in front of the microphone in front of reporters. If he's willing to say that there, I have a hard time believing that these guys didn't know where they stood in the room. I mean, Blake Wheeler lost his captaincy before the season started. You don't think that there was a discussion at that point on day one? Why? Mm-hmm. Rick Rick Bonus has nothing to gain by playing a game here. Rick Bonus has literally done it all, seen it all, been there, done that. I don't think that he would go through this without telling the players. No. And he, he's a guy, he's tough too, but he, he is. also is one of the nicest guys I've ever worked with in hockey. I am extremely surprised by that comment. Yeah, I'm not too. surprised that the team didn't respond. Maybe he did say that after game two, and this is the response. I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised that they're upset. I get why they'd be upset. Absolutely I think got they called the, out. I think they have the right to feel But to upset. think that wasn't addressed, I would be yeah. extremely surprised. That, that's that's the thing that I'm getting at here with Wheeler. I, I'm sorry. So now what? Well, I think you got to blow it's it up. a lot of interesting you got to blow it up. But, but bonus is coming back, so... It, it sounds like they're going to run it back for another year. And I I just don't I don't what see this mess. working. I don't see it working. Yeah, it is a mess. And I think you're kidding yourself if you think that this is going to work next season. They, they got all kinds of issues in Winnipeg. I, I want to come back to Wheeler for a minute. And I don't want to overplay this because it's not like I've covered the team where I've dealt with him all the time. We've talked a lot about how the Coyotes lost out on Blake Wheeler. He didn't want to sign here. And there, there are probably legitimate reasons for that. But. I've never had good interactions with this guy. Like I had an interview set up when I was in Winnipeg to do a story on him and it was all set up, walked into, he walks into the locker room. We were going to talk after it. He looks at the media contingent. He goes, you know what? Fuck you guys. I don't feel like talking to media today. This is the captain of the hockey team. And he turns around and walks out and we're all like, okay, that's, that's the leader of your franchise taking that approach. That was a stunner to me. I don't want to make too big a deal of this, but I have serious questions about Blake Wheeler. And the fact that his captaincy was stripped at the start of the season only strengthens those suspicions. Yeah, I don't know him personally. So I I, I, I know I knew I was here when drafted. I was here when they attempted to sign him. And when that all fell apart, I don't know him personally. All I can say is I think he's a good hockey player. Yeah, I think no coming question. down the right side with his size, his strength, his ability gets in that, his shot. Kid can play. I don't know if he can put the rest of it together. You look at the Boston Bruins where he ended up playing. They deal him and get him out of their room before they go on a cup run. Coincidence? I don't know. And now he's kind of stuck in Winnipeg. Who's taking a chance there? I, I, yeah. But they got to get him out. Too. You have to get him out of that room. Period. End of story. And you've heard Shovel Dayov, the general manager, talking yesterday. That's kind of like, oh. We're just going to keep moving forward. Well, good luck. Good luck in that training camp. Moving That's going to be a fun place backward. to be. Right? Like, I I don't know how you go into day one in a meeting with Rick Bonus and Blake Wheeler in the in the preseason meeting day one. I don't yeah. know how you do it. Something has got to give. Something has got to move there. And if you have to move the piece, there are teams that would be willing to take Blake Wheeler on. It's got one year. So you could absorb that for one 100% season. And you if you have a veteran group, veteran group you might be key. able to absorb. Bet You have to have a veteran leadership group kind of absorb a player like that. And again, it goes back to, is that, the, is that what you want to be when you're done with your hockey career? We're talking about Patrice Bergeron. Nice guy. Yes, what a great leader. You just mentioned Bergeron and Crosby. He's a winner. He's the, all of those good yeah. things. Or you're an asshole. Like, what do you want to be when you leave this game? What's more important? Doing it your way or doing it the right way? Like, I, I always said, like, yes, everybody wants to win. 
But when it's all said and done, everybody retires from this game. Everybody walks away from it. Everybody leaves. Do you want people to go, God, he was a nice guy. I loved playing with him. He was a great teammate. He was great in the room. Because guess what? The wins and losses are going to fade. The goals you score, they says, they're all going to fade. You're going to remember the person. Yep. Why do you got to be an asshole? I, I don't understand it. <laughs> For what end? So he can sit at his fishing cabin in Minnesota he by said himself. That in Ilya Brzezgalov's voice, by the way. <laughs> Why you have to be an asshole? So, so he can sit there by himself and go, "Oh, I, I played in this league, great." I, I don't know, I, and I don't know the yeah. kids. So maybe he can figure it out. But he's getting pretty damn old. I don't to figure know, man. I, 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 you maybe you can come back with a lot of those pieces. There's some good pieces. Obviously, Nick Ehlers was not healthy. Josh Morrissey this had a hell was of a season. Three years ago, but you might want to. Find a way to deal Blake yeah. Wheeler. They're, get him out. He's got one year left, over. so teams might take him on, and you, you can't run it back with no. the same group. You can't. Okay. Let's send. Not to mention the attendance issues. Let's send <laughs> Shovel Day off a case of Four Peaks so he can uh, maybe take a week away and think he about what it. he wants to do. Maybe that. make a drunken call to Blake Wheeler when he tells him. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Drink responsibly, of course. Um, <laughs> Four Peaks. Uh, wow, what a companion to all the playoff wow. hockey this weekend. Wow. wow. Um, and make sure you drink some tonight when you watch game seven between the Devils and the Rangers and the Phoenix Suns game two. Um, it's just it's a great drinking beer while watching sports is just an elite experience. And it's even better with Four Peaks. So make sure you go check out Four Peaks wherever you buy your beer. Um, they have it at Target. They have it at Fry's. They have it everywhere. Um, so check it out. Or you can check out the Four Peaks 8th Street Pub as well. As always, though, you must be 21 or older to enjoy responsibly. And if you're wondering, where can I watch all these games you just mentioned? Well, Fubo TV is the correct answer because Fubo has 140 plus live channel sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. There's a thousand hours of cloud DVR and no extra charge. Uh, so you can watch the NHL playoffs. You can watch the NBA playoffs or whatever it is you like um, all on Fubo TV. So make sure you check out the Suns. The Devils, the Rangers on ESPN with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, you guys, anything else before we wrap up? More hockey. Prediction for tonight? Well, they're playing in Newark at the Rock. It was with Electric in game five. I like the Rangers. You're going to take another road team the width. I'm going with the Devils. Stick it with my pick. I got to stick with my pick and say Rangers. However, my gut is saying Devils because there's just been a lot of crazy. They didn't have an stuff. answer last game. Rangers were able. We talked about the system play. The Devils continued to play the same way. The Rangers found a different way to get through the neutral zone. They were able to use their speed for the first time to get into the into the offensive zone. And you know what the biggest thing is? The biggest change, the momentum changer in game six, taking Patrick Kane off the first power play. Mm. which I think they gave he didn't fit when he went there they put him on the first power play right away and they put Zibanejad who's on the top left circle and they moved him to the other side and guess what couldn't score took Kane off the power play put Zibanejad back where he goes and they score coincidence hell no I say I said it from the day they got him I don't think Kane fits here sorry on on Tuesday he's third line player right now you know what Petey's gonna say into the camera on Tuesday when the Devils win sorry Lindy Sorry, Lindy. Sorry, Lindy. But I, Kane's a third-line player in, in, in New York right now, and that's why I think they're going to win. They finally found out where he belongs. All right. Well, we will find out tomorrow, and tomorrow we will preview the entire second round and give our predictions, which whatever we predict, just we'll be bet, wrong. The opposite. bet the opposite. Seriously. Um, it's going I'm to three be, for four in the East if Rangers I'm win. I'm three for four in the West. 
I could be 0 for 4 in the East. We'll see. Um, tough, tough look for me. But anywho, we hope you tune in tomorrow, 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports too. YouTube channel. Um, be sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. <laughs> And you can follow us on Twitter at SPNewsHockey, at Liam Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore to pause. Follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be back live tomorrow and 11 a.m. the rest of the week. So we hope to see you guys every day at 11 a.m. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everyone. Go Rangers 2 for 5 on the power play. Go. They win 4 to 2. <laughs>